0: Listening to Talk and Music on KVNF. I'm your host, Taya Jay, and today I'm joined in the studio by Ben Bentley. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, yeah, such a pleasure.
0: Ben, you are a man of many interests. You write poetry, work with Persian translation, play a variety of instruments. And I'm wondering, how do you describe yourself as an artist?
1: Well, I think of myself As a gardener first, and gardening encompasses so much in the growing world, but also in the artistic world, I think. Um, It's a sense of playing around, um, you know, having little projects that may not go anywhere, but then plenty of projects that are beautiful and checking in on things. So, yeah, I plant plants, but I also plant instruments and books, and that's the way I think of myself.
0: I love that. How would you feel about sharing a song with us to start us off? Well, neat, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is on a, an instrument that a friend helped me uh, design and create. Call it a bojo. It's a banjo that has more of a setup for, for bowing. Um, it's curved, but uh, I'll start off just plucking it. Well, I call this piece Cricket's Cradle. I've got a lot of crickets that live in my house and I tend to think it's, it must be unlucky for a musician to kill a cricket. So uh, oftentimes I'm playing music and this is kind of a lullaby that I make for them.
0: you just heard Cricket's Cradle by Ben Bentley. If you're just tuning in, this is KVNF. I'm Taya J, and we're here in the studio with Ben. That song you just played was on a bojo, which from my understanding is an instrument of your own invention. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It is. Describe to me a little bit about how you created the idea for this instrument.
1: Well, I've been bowing banjos for quite some time. Um, I made a handful of Persian friends uh, in university, and found that the, the banjo really works well um, with Middle Eastern sensitivities in music. You know, in Western music, we have violins and cellos, they're all wood. Um, we lost the skin on our boat instruments. And that has to do with holding tone and timbre and all of this. But a lot of Middle Eastern and Eastern boat instruments have skins on them. And so playing a banjo actually worked really well in that in that Persian scheme of music. And yet, banjos aren't meant to do that. Um, So I always struggled to really understand what I wanted to do with this, and I would modify my banjos, put nails in it, uh, and uh, eventually, you know, just decided I needed a real thing. Um, And I think it was pretty much the first week after lockdown, um, I thought, well, you know, this is the perfect time. Support a friend um, who's building instruments, and we got plenty of time on our hands, so... Took us about a year. Um, he's up in Fort Collins. His name is Rooster at a place called Clover Lake Banjo Shop, and um, we kept thinking about it, working on it. Once we m- made the first go of it, you know, I played it and realized it didn't really work. It was trying to do too many things, and so we went through kind of some surgeries. And in some ways, it's like you know, it's like birthing. It's like having a midwife, and it's also like having a child. You uh, want it to do some things, but it's going to do its own thing. It's got an extra string from a normal banjo. It's got two thumb strings, and the cool thing about having, and the obnoxious thing about having an invented instrument is there's no string setup. So actually, this past week I totally remodeled it because I thought I wanted to do something different. So now I just have three normal playing strings that you would have on a banjo, and then three drums.
0: Beautiful. I hear a lot of Persian influence in the music that you play. Tell me a little bit more about where that came from.
1: Sure. I, I met uh, a dear friend, Masud Ashadi. He uh, was at a concert, and he needed a ride home. And um, we got to talk in, and he invited me over for the Persian New Year. Um, you know, yesterday was actually the Chinese New Year, so Happy Lunar New Year. But the Persian calendar starts on the spring equinox. And it's a really beautiful way to start off a year. And um, I was just... in. I was so into their sense of music, food, culture, and I I like to describe him as like a grandfather's kid. You know, he would sit at the knee of his uh, grandfather and listening to the old poems, the old stories, the old music. He just always had it in the back of his head, and I miss that in our culture. I I you know have some sense of hope that we used to have this, but I don't encounter that in in Americans that much. Um, and the other amazing thing was most of these Persian guys were engineers. They didn't have this distinction of oh you're a scientist so you don't play music no they just they loved beauty and um so I would sit around we'd cook food and have tea and slowly i I realized I really needed to understand more of this you know a lot of the a lot of the songs um were intimately tied with the music, but I wanted to understand the words and so started understanding translation with the help of those friends and a professor at c u and and that's that's where I am now.
0: I love that idea of the intersection of art and intellect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to be so dissected. I don't think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ben, would you love to play another song for us? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'll play uh, something on a normal banjo. <laughs> so I call this the Chestnut Variations. I was visiting um, some friends in Missouri this past fall, and. Uh, it was a beautiful experimental orchard uh, near Columbia, Missouri. They had uh, chestnuts on the ground, and I wanted to be barefoot. And I realized it's a very stupid thing to be wandering around barefoot in a chestnut orchard. Uh, those things are so spiny. But it gave me a sense of, you know, a kind of hop that you could have in the music. And uh, so the chestnut variations.
0: Was the chestnut variations. I love that image of walking barefoot on spiny chestnuts. Yeah. <laughs> you get a real sense of that. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Talking Music on KVNF. I'm Taya J and I'm here in the studio with Ben Bentley. When I listen to your music, Ben, I get a real sense of having taken a journey the way you build momentum, the way you navigate and move through the music. I'm curious if the, the concept of place is an influence for you.
1: Hugely so. Um, again, back to Persian music, a lot of the modes and melodies have place names associated with them. And so in a performance, you may travel from Isfahan to Shiraz. And, um, you know, that's a journey that you can walk. Um, and it's like different dialects of speech, different dialects of uh, music. And I find the same thing in American folk music and folk music around the world. Um, just as one holler or one hill has a different dialect than another. Um, you know, the, the music has that as well. And so you can pick up these variations. That's why I call it the chestnut variations because it's different every time. It depends on where I play. If it's in Missouri, it is very different than it is here. Um, and, uh, Yeah, and so hopefully these songs are, it's not capturing that sense of place, but it's really just holding it dear to you and traveling with it and um, remembering where you heard everything. Sometimes they just pop into your head, like you play a couple notes and it reminds you of something I was playing recently, um, a couple notes, and then I remembered, oh, that's an Afghani song, and then worked it out, and, you know, we go through life, we hear these things, and um, just like birdsong, you know, it's nice to just remember and, Take take some time with them.
0: I think smell and melody are two of the things to evoke memory the mm. most for me.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So you talk about being a gardener. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about the intersection of growing, of agriculture, of farming, and of music, of storytelling, and of melody.
1: Yeah. Um I like banjo a lot because it's a mutable instrument. We see so many different types of banjos currently, whereas a violin or a guitar, those are pretty much set in stone. Not that they really are, but the modern sense of them is we perfected that instrument. Banjos, they change, again, back to the sense of dialect. And um, so I feel that is like, you know, the tributaries of a stream or in seed breeding, you know, you have a land race. You have uh, you can plant these seeds, and they're going to be similar, but they're they have small differences to them. Um, but you can continue that population of blue corn, say. Um, banjos, I think of it the, the same way. You know, they have slight differences, but you can see them all as a banjo. And uh, gardening is just the best metaphor for I think how family relations work. Understanding the relationship between um, different plants between plant families and um, and the the way of caring for it. Um, I love going out at night and you know just listening to the worms um, when when it spring is coming on and seeing everything grow on bit by bit. And um, I like to do the same thing with the melodies. Um, sometimes I'm really shy about sharing the music because I really want it to live and Sometimes those melodies take years to really develop in you and understand, and then to understand that journey again, the relationship of this melody to another one. Um, and so in the next piece I'll play for Dulcimer, it's kind of a lot of different folk songs that I feel are very related, and so I plan them together.
0: Excellent, and I want to get to that Dulcimer tune in just a second, but I'm curious, since yeah. you mentioned it, what do the worms sound like?
1: <laughs> well, you can kind of hear... Th- if you if you dribble water on soil, the way that it percolates through the soil, you can kind of hear that. But I'm I'm really curious on that question. I, I heard um, with the Chinese New Year, there's this phrase that it's it's it is right now because that's when the worms start to sing. And I've been sitting outside watching these uh, blue birds uh, sit on my fence, and I always try to sing to them or something. And every time they're just sitting up there, and then boom. They go down, catch a worm. They see it or hear it, I don't know, and then get back up on their fence. And I just have no sense of how they sense that. But it must be because the worms are singing.
0: I love that. Maybe by watching them, you'll learn. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and hear a melody on the dulcimer.
1: Well, uh, I, I had to come up with a title for this tune last night, and I went down to the Montezuma Orchard Restoration Project down near Cortez this past weekend, and uh, I learned the term pippin. A pippin is a seedling apple, so it's not an apple that you graft. It's just a random apple seedling that's grown, and some of them are good for eating. Some aren't. Um, And there's one apple variety called the King of the Pippins, and I thought, well, this tune isn't quite a king yet, nor a queen, but perhaps a prince. So this is Prince of the Pippins.
0: That was Prince of the Pippins by Ben Bentley on Dulcimer. You're listening to KVNF. This is Talking Music. I'm Taya J. Ben, I've heard you mention this term regenerative music culture. Huh. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that means?
1: Sure. Um, you know, I think it's a fad to use that in the agricultural realm regenerative agriculture. And, um, it's a great idea, whether or not it's it's happening. But I think we need to move beyond just ag and into every realm of um, what humans are doing on this earth. Um, you know, music touring is a very harsh way of life for the musicians, um, for the bookers, for the audience. Um, I really thought that COVID could cure us of something, and that's this cult of obnoxiously loud concert venues there's no reason to have music that loud unless music isn't the point of those things, you know? And I think we need to have the context and the places for quiet music because it really has a hard time, um, surviving in, in cities. Um, but you know, alas, it's not, that's not the case. It's, it's trucking on and, um, I'm curious how, friends will start touring again, you know, once that sets up, um, I just hope that there's more, um, grace with it. Um, you know, I see too many people that are just spent, you know, that's not a creative pursuit after you've been touring for months. And, um, I think music should be the, the point. It, It sucks to to know that so when COVID hit, so many musicians had no cu- curiosity or creativity left because they were in schools. They were that was their only income, and they were so overwhelmed. And you know, I really feel for them, but I feel like it it needs to have the space to breathe. Um, and if it all falls apart like that, then we're really doing it wrong.
0: I love that you mentioned the idea of of feeling spent or burnt out. Where is somewhere? what is something that you do when you're feeling that way to revitalize yourself?
1: Music see that's the thing i I need it to deal with the rest of my life and it so it really hurt to see my friends so caught up in this world and their outlet music was not really an outlet it was a profession so they didn't have that that sense but yeah i don't I don't know what I would do without music
0: and you mentioned the large venue not being the most conducive necessarily for music what is the perfect venue for music in your mind
1: well I love some loud things I you know I, I'm not I'm not against that um, I am against that being the only option um, so I'm not saying everyone needs to play acoustic music I just think there should be more options for that um, over the course of playing music I've found that I have to book myself and book other like-minded musicians. And so I've tried to create scenarios and, and places where that can be a thing. So this past year on Rogers Mesa, there's an old community center and, um, put together a couple of shows during the summer and yeah, we should do that again. Um, cause it's, it's really nice to have, um, a place for quiet music, but also a place for rural music. Um, Paoni is great. You know, we have so much going on here, but, Living on Rogers Mesa, I don't want to come down here for everything. You know, back to the older sense of culture, that community center existed because people on that specific geographic location needed a place to gather. And um, it's still sitting there, so we got to get it back to life.
0: Excellent. I was going to ask you about that because... That series that you put together at the Rogers Mesa Community House was the first place I saw you play, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a gathering of some incredible local musicians and folks passing through that we never would have heard from or we never would have seen otherwise, yeah. and so it was such a such an asset and just such a such a blessing to have been there.
1: Ah, well, thank you.
0: if our listeners are interested in hearing more of your music, where can they do that Ben
1: uh the simplest thing is. Um I got a website bbben.org so 3 Bs bbben.org um there's links to Bandcamp um I got some I got an album on Spotify and then got a book of poetry and translation that are available there um otherwise I'd say just find me around town
0: Excellent Ben it's really been a pleasure to have you here well, I would love it if you would take us out on one more song Great yeah yeah Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thanks. This is called uh, Blue Bird with a Red Breast. I'm going to bring these things. I'm going to bring these whistles, honey. i going to bring these things.
0: You've been listening to Talkin' Music on KVNF. I'm Taya J. Visit kvnf.org for more Talkin' Music programs. Thank you for being here today, Ben. Mm. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, thank you so much.